Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Yeah, Lucas asked Elizabeth and I just um, a little while back if we could just come and share what was what we felt God was was saying through to us and wanted to say through us this evening. And um, we had a quick dis- discussion, and we, we both yeah, felt in our hearts, we want to talk about the believer's authority, right? As disciples of Jesus, as believers, his God has given us an amazing authority in life, okay? And I'll unpack that a little bit. Well, we'll unpack that together. You'll get a bit of me, a bit of Elizabeth in the middle, and then a bit of me at the end. So just stay with the two in the throne if, if you can. But we're just going to be scratching the surface of the surface tonight, you know? When you start looking at something like believer's authority, there's so much that we could say, you know? But my heart, our hearts, is that God just takes each one of us here in this room a little bit further on, the next step forward for us in what it is to, to live in the, the blessing and the power of the authority that Jesus has given us. So, I was talking to Chris Lowry this week, you know, and um, we said together, there needs to be more shouting in church. I mean, it's, it's, I haven't stood up like this since before the pandemic, right? So, looking out on you good people, good looking as you are, Give me some feedback. Give us some feedback. Shout out. Don't shout, please stop. Don't shout, please stop. But just a, f- a few amens, a few hallelujahs, a few, you know, only if you agree with what I'm saying, of course. But my heart is that the Holy Spirit connects with us as Lucas has prayed. So, so Lord, help us. Help us just to connect with you and what you want to say. So I've said the believer's authority. That's authority for what? Before we get into the believer's authority itself, what, what are we having authority in? And that is to steward and demonstrate the power of God, right? And that should really, really grip our hearts. You know, that, that sense that God has invested so much in us. And to, to steward something is just to take care of something on behalf of somebody else. That's what the word steward means. And it is amazing to me that the creator of the universe, the one who has created all things, who holds everything together by the word of his... By the words that he speaks, he has trusted us, he's trusted me to steward his power. And, you know, and we read the scriptures and we see the power of God coming through on every single page of scripture, don't we? So, you know, you know what Acts, 1 verse, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, don't you? What does it say? Oh, I should have told you, Lucas. <laughs> I did say you should shout out, but yeah. And I know the rest of you know that Acts 1 verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. You know, but I look at my life and I look at church, I look at us even, and I think we are part, partially living in the truth of that. You know, there's so much power, the life of God, the things that we see in Scripture that, that God has for us. You know, so we don't lack it. Because the scripture tells if we're born again and been baptized in the spirit, we have the power of, of God in our lives. So we don't lack it. We just don't believe we have it all the time. Or 
enough of the time. So God wants us to contend for it, right? I mean, I love, I love words sometimes. I mean, I'm not an English student, but I come across words. And contend is a word that I don't use very often. I bet you don't use the word contend very much. But the word contend just means to strive and struggle for something. It means to go after it and wrestle with it. It's a good biblical word. God says, I will contend with those who contend against you. So we've got God the Father contending for us on our behalf. But so we strive and struggle for the power of God. We go after it. We seek it. Lord, what do I have to do to get hold of more of the power that you have? I want to, to, for it to gush out of me. There's another word I don't use very often, gush, right? But the life that God's given us is meant to gush out of us. You know, that's that, that, that well of, of living water that, that wells up out of us. It's a gush. It's not a dribble. It's not a dribble, okay? So let's not go dribbling our Christian lives around the places that we find ourselves. Let's be gushing. And that's not an extrovert thing, okay? You don't have to be an extrovert to be a gusher. You can, you can be an introvert and still be a gusher, you know. But we're to seek God with a fierce faith. You know, fierce is another word that I don't use very often, but I, look, I have to remind myself what it meant. It means to be ferociously aggressive. And I think... God, I don't think, I know God wants us to be ferociously aggressive, all right, as Christians. So you have my permission. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, all of that. It doesn't say ferociously aggressive at the end of that. But ferociously aggressive is in the right sense. You, don't, you get my heart. You know what I'm trying to say here. We, we are pushing strongly. What do I have to do? Do I have to pray? Do I have to fast? Fill myself with Scripture. Be filled and not just filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's, it's that sense of we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and the Bible commands us to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit and those are good prayers to pray. But we have to be careful that it doesn't become a passive thing. Being filled is be passive. We have to be led by the Spirit. You know, the, the Jesus, it says in Scripture that Jesus was almost compelled by the Spirit or led by the Spirit into the wilderness is one example. And God's heart is that the Holy Spirit in us is not just sitting in here somewhere, but he's actually moving us and sending us and empowering us to do the things that God gives us to do. So let's have a good, ferociously aggressive week. Come on. So we're God's representatives, aren't we? The word Christian means little Christ. We're meant to look like Jesus. Again, some of these, some of these things, when I was looking at this, I think, Lord, this is overwhelming. This is powerful. This is, this is a big weighty thing that you're asking and requiring of us, but you don't ask us to do something or be something that we can't be in the Holy Spirit. So we're co-laborers with God. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 says we are co-laborers. Again, this should blow our minds, shouldn't it? We have the creator of the universe, the one who speaks things into being, works miraculous powers, does, has miraculous powers to do amazing things. We read about them in Scripture, but in day-to-day -day lives, we have stories and testimonies of the power of God coming for healings and for miracles and for provision and for things unexpected and for things that we can't do that he alone can do. I'm sure if I asked all of you, you would have an account of that. Pete's nodding. Pete and Venita, I'm sure you have seen amazing things that God has done in Uganda. You know, Great Britain's not Uganda, but the same God is here. And, you know, the days are coming. The days are coming. Okay. So as believers, as co-laborers, that God trusts, we stand and live as the power and voice of God. 
that should rock us to our core. You know, what I've just said. It's what the scripture says. It says we, we, we have the voice of God because we have the prophetic. God releases and will increasingly release the prophetic through us. We speak, we'll be speaking into the lives of individuals, speaking into the world situations in a prophetic voice. This is what God says. This is what God requires. You know, and we have the power of God. I'll read some scriptures in a minute. Um, that, um, that just show us what God requires of us and how he wants to, to use the power that he's given us. So to be the power and the voice of God, we need to exercise that authority that God has given us, okay? So power is just the ability to do something. It's the capacity to do something. That's what power means. And the word authority is the right to use that power. So God has given us the power. So it says in Acts so what does he say about authority, the right to use that power? So just, I'm just, just before I read the scripture, I was just think, thinking of an example of this. I think the police are quite good examples of, they have, the police have the authority, don't they, from the state to arrest criminals on behalf, on behalf of us. So they have that power, they have the, the tools, the means, the training, all of that. They have the, the, the capability and the ability to, to perform that that act of arresting criminals, and they have the authority, permission from the state to do that on our behalf. So that's an example of power and authority, if you like. So in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 19, it says this. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, and you'll be very familiar with this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So there's the, that's the Great Commission, isn't it? So the Father gives his authority to Jesus. Jesus gives that same authority to us. And there's, there's the mission. There's, the, there's, there's your life context. All right? If you want to know what your life is about, I've just read it out to you. Luke 10, verse 19 says this, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. In the Bible, snakes, scorpions, serpents are words that are used to, to describe or a picture of the enemy, Satan, principalities and powers that Paul talks about in Ephesians. And Jesus says, you've got authority over that. You've got authority over all of that stuff that the enemy does and, and puts into people's lives and damages them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jesus has given, it, given us that power. He's given us that authority Sometimes we just don't believe it, or we give it back sometimes, or it just sits there, unused. So our thinking needs to align with what God says, okay? We need to know what God says about us, so we have a greater understanding of who we are in him, in Jesus, and what that, and what that um, authority is. So a police, a policewoman or a police, policeman, they know who they are. They've got the uniform on. We can recognize a policeman. If we see someone burgling a house, and we see find a find a policeman, they'll go and do their job. They'll go and do their. They know what they're there for. They know what their role is. They know what they're doing. So we need to know who who we are as believers. So Elizabeth's going to just share a little bit more about this, and it'll come back to me. Okay. Hi guys. Right. Okay. So if you've ever watched the footballers playing, sometimes you will notice that the fans face off, okay? 
So the fans on one side, the fans on the other side, the pitch in the middle. And some of them will shout, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Okay? <laughs> they do. They do. Who are you? So I want to ask you tonight, who are you? Who are you in Jesus? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, who are you in Jesus? Who are you? What did he say? Superb. Sarah said, I'm his child and friend. Yeah? So, do you know where you positioned in Jesus? Now, I remember Nick doing a preach, and I remember him saying, don't forget who you are. Can you remember that? Can you remember this? No? Okay. It's a, bit, it's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Okay. So, if you turn to the Bible with me, or if you've got your phone, swipe. Do you swipe or swish? Swipe. Swipe, swipe, swish, whichever. Genesis 1, verse 26 to 28. Listen to this. I love this. I love the creation story. And I no longer read the creation story as a creation story because it's got some amazing truths in it about who we are. Okay? So, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, our so God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they were all there in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild, wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In his image, God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God created us. He ruashed into us. He gave us the breath of life. And he gave us... He gave us the world, the earth, to subdue it, to rule. Isn't that amazing? We are kings and queens. We are royals. We're the royal priesthood, and we belong to God. Okay, so let's look at Psalm 8, verse 4 to 8. And I'm reading from the, from the Passion Translation, okay. This is one of my favorite psalms because if there's anything about the stars and the moon and, you know, the planets and the creation, I just love all that. But God revealed this to me, what I'm going to read to you last year, and I thought, oh my goodness, I have always read this. How have I not ever seen it? But God revealed it to me. So why would you bother with puny mortal man or care about human beings? Yet what honor you have given to men. Created only a little lower than Elohim, which means a little lower than the angels. Crowned with glory and magnificence. You have dele delegated to them rulership over all you have made. With everything under their authority. Placing earth, placing earth, the planet that we live on. Placing earth itself under the feet 
of your image bearers. That's who we are. We are image bearers and we are rulers of the earth, sky, and sea. The wild beast that moves, the beast and all that move in the paths of the sea, everything is in submission to Adam's sons. That's who we are. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Everything under our feet. Now, let me ask you another question. Another question. Do you know that Satan wants to be you? It's quite shocking that, isn't it? He wants to be you. Why do you think he wants to be you? Answer. You can answer. Why do you think he wants to be you? He wants to be you so badly. Can any guess, anyone guess why he wants to be you? Because mm, he wants to reign. He wants to rule. And if you read Revelations 12, 7 to 10, you will see that a war broke out in heaven. Why did that war break out in heaven? Because Satan and his angels wanted to ascend to the throne of God. And God couldn't have that. So Michael and his angels fought. And they threw Satan down. Where did they throw him? They threw him down into our domain. Okay? They threw him down into our, our domain. And he's mad. He's vexed. He doesn't like us. He doesn't like us. Because, why doesn't he like us? Because we have authority. We have power. We are the rulers of this earth. Yeah? So he doesn't like us. And so he will get up to all sorts of mischief to make us sad. Okay? So 1 Peter 5, 8 says, and I'm paraphrasing, he is mad because he cannot have his own way. And he's a roaring lion. He's furious. And he, 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 wants, to, he wants to damage us. He, he hates us. He doesn't like us, okay? But we have been given the power, the authority, and the Holy Spirit to rule in any situation that comes before us, okay? So did you know that you can, you can command the weather? Yep, we can command the weather. Why is that? Because Jesus said, greater things we will do greater than him. That's what he said. It's in the scriptures. So when something comes against me and I start to panic and carry on with myself, I, I, I start to panic and I think, oh my goodness, look at this. This is happening. This is happening. That's happening. And then I stop and I remember that I have the authority to do something about it. And so I start to pray and I, I start to decree and declare that the enemy has no power over me. The enemy only has power over you if you give him permission to do so, okay? So we can pray about circumstances, situations, health, and we can see other people's lives transformed. That is who we are. We're kings and queens. We're rulers, okay? So we are in days right now where we need to speak Jesus and demonstrate Jesus. Now, the only way that we're going to do that is if we pick up our, our authority and the power that Jesus has given to us, if we don't forget to use our authority, okay? So, our world is in, cha in chaos, but we don't have to panic about it because in Psalm 110.2, it says, and I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing, 
We need to be those who rule in the midst of our enemies. Isn't that amazing? Because we can do that, okay? So we need to remember who we are in God. We mustn't forget who we are in God and what, has God, what God has imparted to us. And he's given us everything that we need to live our lives and to live our lives victoriously. And we can do that. Part of our positioning is by praying, reading the word of God, because we need to read the word of God. We need to have the word of God inside of us so that when situations and circumstances present themselves, we're not panicking, thinking, oh my goodness, what does the word of God say about this? Because the word of God is already inside of us, okay? So we need to start small. So we need to practice our authority and we need, we need to use the power that Jesus has given to us. So for instance, last night, my glands started to swell. And it, this, gland, this gland on this side of my neck was quite enlarged and it was hurting. And I thought, now look at that. That is, that is sneaky, that. So I started to pray and decree health into my glands. So this morning, my glands have decreased. It's fine. It's not hurting. But I had to take up that authority and I had to speak to this gland and tell it that it needed to decrease and I blessed it to have health. I blessed health into my body and it's okay. So remember to practice. Remember to pick up your authority and your power. Okay? Because it's important. Mr. Graham. Mr. Graham. Sorry, I was just looking for scriptures then, and I knew you were going to ask me to come and stand, come and stand, stand up again. Yeah. I, was just, I was just trying to find the Romans 8 scripture that talks about us being more than conquerors. You know, when Elizabeth was talking about um, uh, reigning in the midst of our enemies, basically. Um, life can be difficult, can't it? Life is challenging. And Lucas talked about persevering through challenges, and God does does do a lot in us during those times. And you know, and sharing the believers, what we're saying about believers' authority, it's not, it's not. I'm not intending it to be a trite thing, or I'm not trying to whip everybody up and say everything's victorious, you yeehaw all the time. But 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 God is wanting to to build something into us, and I think Romans eight captures it quite well in terms of. Um, where it describes life circumstance, doesn't it? And then it says, um, we are more than conquerors. Let me just find the list. There's a list of things, doesn't it, then? What should we say in response to these things? And what, If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spray his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Okay, God will give us all things. That's all things, not some things, all things. Everything that we need in the moments and in the moments of those trials, you know. In the moments of those trials, he, he does amazing things. I'm thinking back to share briefly, some of you may know, I might have shared some of this before, when I had diagnosed with cancer about four years ago. And when I, just in the first week or two, about 10 days, I think it was, after we got the diagnosis, my head was spinning a little bit. I didn't quite know what to do, how to pray, how to respond. I was a little bit confused. I knew God was there. I didn't quite know what to do. And um, a friend of ours just sent us a text 
and said, just, just felt the Lord prompting me to pray for your health today. And I thought, well, that, that just did something explosive in me. So when, that, when it says God gives us all things, there's a little thing. Someone sends, sends you, sent you the text for us. God knew what was needed in the situation, didn't make the cancer go away, but it was p- part of what God was doing. Um, so then the, then the Roman Scriptures goes on to say, um, let me find let me find I've got to keep going there it is yeah so who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble or hardship hardship is like a catch-all word for a, a hundred different things okay we live life every person in this room has experienced hardship at one time or another or trouble or persecution or famine or nakedness say poverty or danger or sword in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's part of our identity and part of our authority, you know. So when these things come against us, we just say, the authority that, that, that God has given me, I'm a conqueror in this situation. The situation's still there. I'm a conqueror in this situation. And I might be walking in this situation for two weeks, three months, five years, I'm a more than a conqueror in this situation because that's what God says. So, why is it important to use our authority? <clears throat> if the police didn't use their authority, if there were no police, just imagine the chaos that there would be, what a free hand the criminals would have of all kinds, all kinds of evil and mischief and everything in between those two things. There would be chaos. And as John, it says in John 10.10, 10, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Criminals would be free to do that, okay, if there was no police. So in terms of us, if we don't use our authority as believers of Jesus to demonstrate the power and the signs and the presence of the kingdom of God, we're handing power over to the enemy, which is what Elizabeth said a little while back. Um, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I want to, I want to be the voice and the power of God in the time, in the places that, I, that, that God puts me and sends me. And um, when we're in the town, we meet a lot of different people because we, we lead the, the street church uh, town center congregation on a Friday. We meet, as you can imagine, lots and lots of different people. We meet a lot of people who are damaged. You know, we meet a lot of people. We don't just meet people who are damaged, but we do meet people who are damaged who you can see the enemy's got hold of them and really messed up their lives in big ways. You know, and God graciously gives us opportunities at, at times to pray into those situations. Um, yeah, yeah. But the enemy is, has no authority in themselves. Demons don't have any authority in themselves, only what we give them. That's why it's important that we don't allow apathy or unbelief or fear or anxiety to rob us of us exercising the authority that God's given us. Okay? Just going to finish with three scriptures, and then I'm going to pray for us. Uh, Matthew 16:18 to 19. Okay, so here's a little bit more. Hopefully, this will just encourage you. I mean, I have, my heart is just for us to be strengthened in the Lord, just in a little bit more of understanding of our authority. It says this: Matthew 16:18 to 19. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. We're here to undo the work of the enemy. We're here to go and knock down the gates of the enemy's camp, of the enemy's strongholds in the lives of people. 
you know, when we see that, when we encounter that in the lives of people and they give us permission, when we're in the tent center, we don't bulldoze our way over them, they give us permission to pray for them. We pray, we pray the enemy's work off them and, and out of them and we release some of the kingdom to them because this verse goes on to say, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So the, the Father's given us the keys of the kingdom of heaven, everything we need. We've got the keys, which suggests to me that in those moments, well, we need to exercise authority and, and see the power of God demonstrated through us. We need to take the key, put it in the door, in God's storehouse, open the door, and take out whatever it is we need for that moment. Okay, and then it goes on to say, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So when we pray for people, for example, on the street, someone you might be thinking, well, how do, what does this, using this authority look like? We have the power to bind the work of the enemy in people. And all that, all the, the way that we would do that is we would pray, say it would depend what the issue was, but we would, we would just pray those things off people. So the stronghold is broken down, broken off the person and, and taken off them. And then we will speak the Holy Spirit. We will speak whatever is needed, whether it's a peace or whatever it is or a healing, whatever is needed for that person. That's, so in my understanding, that's what binding on earth and loosing on earth looks like in practice. It's, it comes out of prayers. And it comes out of prayers that, uh, where we use language which reflects our authority and our confidence and our faith. So we're not praying, Lord, if it be your will, please, it would be nice if you would just do something and fix this person. It is very much, you know, Lord, we, we remove the work of the enemy. We, we break the power of the enemy in this person's life. And, you know, don't be, we're not afraid of using that language. And actually, people are not offended by that. People are not offended by that kind of language, not in our experience. Um, and then we'll just pray the blessing of God. And we'll say, Lord, we loose your Holy Spirit into this person to bring freedom, to bring liberation, to bring your life into... And again, people are not offended by that. You know, come on. I mean, we just, we've got to just... Um, let's not be apologetic. Let's not be apologetic about gushing the kingdom into the lives of people. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe we're too British sometimes. Anyway, Ephesians 3.10 says this. So that's one scripture. Ephesians 3.10 says this. His intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. I think that's fantastic that God has chosen us in Lim and all of the other churches across Warrington and across the nation to demonstrate the manifold wisdom of God. That the principalities and the powers see it, but the people see it as well. You know, the word, the word ecclesia actually for church is... When you go back to its roots, it's, it's about a governing authority. God's heart is for the church to be the governing authority in nations, actually. And uh, maybe, as God, as maybe as Jesus builds the church, we'll begin to see that. But we need to exercise that authority as church, not just as individual believers as well. One final scripture. Matthew 10, 7 to 8, it says this. So this is Jesus speaking to the disciples as he's sending them out into the local towns and villages where they are. He says this. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. What an amazing mission to be given. We, have, we still have that mission. We still have that mission. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely receive, freely give. Amazing, amazing. So Jesus said that he would build his church 
and the church would destroy the gates of the enemy, display the splendor and wisdom of God, and demonstrate the life and the signs of the kingdom of God. It's all gone very quiet. It's all gone quiet over there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. I mean, we've 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 had a lot together tonight. You know, with the things that Lucas has shared and what's been said and and stuff. And I just I'm going to pray for us. Um, you know, you're being changed from one degree of glory to another. You know, you lot. I'm lot. We've been changed. I'm a bit more glorious this morning today than I was yesterday. Pete Houston, you're looking particularly spectacularly glorious. Nick, you're looking a little bit glorious over there. <laughs> yeah, but we're on this journey. We're on this journey. But these are days, as Elizabeth mentioned, the world's in chaos. We're looking at Matthew 24 situations, aren't they, with wars and rumors of wars. And that scripture says we're not to be afraid. And these are the days that Jesus is raising up his church and raising us up to exercise all our authority to bring the kingdom to bear. Yeah, so Father, Holy Spirit, come. Take us on that next step. I pray, Lord, for each of us here. Let's go from here and ask one thing of you and say, what is the next one thing that I need to do to understand what my authority is, to understand what I have to do to just to get hold of more of the power and the truth of what these scriptures are calling me into. Lord, there's much for us to do. The days are urgent. There's much for us to do. You trust us. You love us. You're for us. You are with us. You empower us. And I pray you'll send it, just send us out from here just a little bit stronger than when we came in. Yeah, come and do this, we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.